Before I read our next lesson, I want to welcome all of those who are worshiping in Rejoice today. We're glad you're over there worshiping at the same time we are here in the sanctuary. And we welcome also those who will be worshiping by way of live streaming. So we're glad to have you among us uh, today and consider you a very important part of the life and work of this congregation and this church family. Uh, you heard one version of it. This is the other one from Matthew, the second chapter, the first 12 verses. I invite you to follow along in your Bible if you brought it with you to worship this morning. If not, you can turn to page 2 in the New Testament of a pew Bible and follow along there. Let us listen for the Word of God. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who had been has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born, and they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were over, overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure, treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have a question for you on this Epiphany Sunday, the actual day of Epiphany, January the 6th, first Sunday of the new year, and the question is, what is your exit strategy as we gather this morning? Exit strategies are important. Sometimes how you leave something, a place, a situation, a person, is as important, maybe even more important than how you entered or arrived there. You're probably familiar with an old Irish a proverb that says that you should never leave a house by the same door you entered. Other, otherwise, you'll encounter bad luck along the way. So you leave by a door different from the one you came in. But I'm not interested in superstition, so that's not the exit strategy I'm concerned about today. Presidents and military fi figures also are sometimes asked about their exit strategy. If they plan to enter into a war or invade another country? That question's been raised in recent days with the proposed withdrawal of troops from Syria. How do you plan to leave and what do you hope to accomplish by your leaving? But here too, I'm not thinking this morning about 
military or presidential exit strategies. In business and industry, leaders also are concerned about exit strategies, especially if they lose key personnel from the organization or company. They want to have an exit interview with that person so that they can learn some things they may not have known before, so they can better prepare for the transition that's going to take place and uh, better equip uh, present and future entities to be more successful in the future. But here, too, the exit strategy I have in mind has nothing to do with business and industry, really. There's some people who even believe, I'm not necessarily one of them, I can be on occasion, that you ought to have an exit strategy when you enter into a serious relationship, like a marriage. This doesn't work out, how are you going to leave? I use a premarital inventory for, and have used it for many years, and one of the questions that I don't deal with in couples that I'm counseling is, what would happen that would end this relationship? Because I think you go into a marriage thinking this is for better or worse, for life or death. You don't plan in advance how you're going to get out of it when you're talking with a preacher in particular. But there may be occasions when you do need to give some thought to that, especially if it's not a first marriage, especially if there are children or other things involved, there are complications. Some people call this a prenuptial agreement. Did you agree ahead of time? Should this not work out, um, how will you get out of it? How will you exit a lot of songs have been written about poor ways of leaving. Country songs in particular, I can think of several, some of which I can't mention from the pulpit. <laughs> but uh, the legendary country singer uh, Bill Anderson had a song back in the 60s that said, walk out backwards so I'll think you're coming in. <laughs> and Paul Simon years ago reminded us that there are at least 50 ways to leave a lover. You remember that? You can slip out the back, Jack. You can make a new plan, Stan. Don't need to be coy, Roy. Just listen to me. Hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and set yourself free. But here, too, uh, the exit strategy I'm thinking about has little, if anything, to do with romantic or marital relationships. What I have in mind is how do you plan to leave Christmas? What's your exit strategy 2019 because Christmas is now behind us Christmas tide ended yesterday we've come to a whole new season in the liturgical calendar brand new year that is out there before us is our experience with Christ at the manger this past year going to influence or shape us in any way shape or form or will we just continue with life as usual we need an exit strategy for Christmas the Magi had one. They didn't have one when they arrived on the scene in Jerusalem. But they were given one in a dream. We're told that after visiting the child in the manger and paying homage to him, overjoyed when the star came to rest where he lay, that the angel warned them to leave by a different road. Don't go back the same way you came. That was a wise thing for them to do because had they not exited by another road, they may have jeopardized the child's future and health because we know that mad King Herod, although he said he wanted to find out where the child was and go and pay homage to him himself, that was not his intent. 
And if the Magi were wise enough to read the stars in the heavens to know that a new king in Israel had been born, surely they were wise enough to see through the duplicity of King Herod because in short order, he would order the execution of all children in the area, male children two years old and younger, called the slaughter of the innocents. That's why he asked, when did you see the star at its rising? So he could figure out how many children to kill. So that was his intent, mad King Herod. At any rate, the Magi left by another road. I don't think that's insignificant that the gospel writer mentions that. So, this morning, my question to you is, how do you plan to leave Christmas? Will your journey forward be any different from your journey that you've just completed? Or more importantly, will you be any different because of Christmas? A few years ago, I was visiting the hospital and I stepped in the elevator and two hospital workers uh, stepped in with me and they were conversing as we were going between floors and one of them asked the other, have you put Christmas away yet? And one, the other lady responded, well, we took the tree down last night, but we have a lot of other stuff to pack away in the attic. And then she added this comment, I get so tired of Christmas that I'm as glad to see it go as I was to see it come. I know she was talking about decorations for the most part, but I wonder if there was some profound, deeper meaning in her words that connects with the point I'm trying to make this year. For so many people, Christmas is just another seasonal celebration that comes along annually, but it doesn't really change anything, does it? We've had so many Christmases in the past. Are we any different because of Christmas, especially the one this past year? Going forward, are we going to be any different than we were before? Are we going to take the same journey that led us to the manger when we leave the manger? I think a visit to the manger ought to be transformative as it was the first time the visitors came. We're told that the shepherds left glorifying and praising God for everything they had seen and heard. We're told that Mary pondered all of these things. And would for a long time. We're told that the Magi were overwhelmed with joy. And though we don't know what happened to them when they left the manger, what became of those wise men? Except for what tradition says or legends, but we don't really know. But I choose to believe that leaving by another road was somehow metaphorical it was saying something about them that was changed and transformed because of their visit to that child who was a king but probably not the kind of king that anyone at the time could have imagined we're told that they left by another road and so will you leave by another road with Christmas behind us now Will you leave by a road that will avoid all the Herods of this world? All those evil schemes and self-serving enterprises? Will your path take you on a trail that reflects that you too have been transformed and changed and influenced and redirected in some way because of what happened in Bethlehem, which we celebrated just a couple of weeks ago? If our journey to Bethlehem 
doesn't lead us to a personal encounter with the God who came among us in flesh to redeem us and to reclaim us, then we've not really experienced the wonder of the season and the potential for this season to change who we are and what we are and to change the world about us. If we take a different road away from the manger, perhaps we can get rid of some of those old grudges we've carried for too long. Some of those old fears that we have entertained. Some of those old destructive habits that have diminished our living. Some of those debilitating sorrows. Old selfish pursuits that characterize a life apart from Christ. We can choose, and we have to choose, to leave by a different road. A road that may be unfamiliar, even though we may have been Christians for a long time. A road that may even be threatening to us in some way because people don't always appreciate the path of Jesus and what he requires of those who will follow him. But if we take that road, if we take the right road, if we exit right, it will be a wonderful adventure of grace. A road that will help us to continue singing the angel song of peace on earth, goodwill to all. A song we hear far too infrequently in our world today. We'll continue to sing it. And we will continue to work for peace and goodwill for all people throughout the earth. The real spirit of Christmas, the real meaning of Christmas, can never be taken down and packed away like a box of ornaments. Christmas comes to us every year as a gracious gift for transforming individuals and churches and societies. However, there's much evidence about us that the world has never fully grasped this possibility and perhaps not even those of us who follow Christ. But the need for peace and goodwill is as evident today as it was 2,000 years ago when the Christ child came among us. And sometimes those who take that path that he trod are looked on with jaundiced eyes by the world about colleagues, by colleagues at work or perhaps even people within our own family. But that's the price we pay for taking the path that Jesus took. No, Christmas is not about the decorations. It's not about the gifts that are now many of which are being exchanged. It is about adjusting our lives to the will and purposes of the God who came to us in Jesus. And consequently, it matters greatly how we leave Christmas And whether we take a different road than the one that may have brought us here this past Christmas. And so I would challenge each of us and all of us to think, how am I going to leave Christmas this year? How am I going to be different because of the Christmas gospel? Do I even have a strategy? Do I plan to do anything differently or be anything differently in 2019 than I was for 2018 or many years prior to that or am I just going to take the same old path I've always taken now's the time we can resolve a new year's resolution that we need to choose to follow one that will take us down a different road than we may have experienced in the past a one, one that will lead to lasting peace or to costly justice or to genuine compassion or to human healing and reconciliation a road that will return a sinful race to its God, and to its neighbor in service and love. 
Now is the time for each of us to develop a strategy if we don't have one. And you can make that decision before you leave the sanctuary here this morning. You can resolve how you intend at least to be different going forward than you were in the past. One strategy I would share with you, you've probably heard this before. It was written, I've seen it on some of the Christmas cards I've gotten in recent years. It was written by Henry Van Dyke, who was the pastor of the Brick Presbyterian Church in New York City. And also a former professor of English at Princeton University. But he wrote this little article called Keeping Christmas. And I will read it as we close. He wrote, there is a better thing than the observance of Christmas Day. And that is keeping Christmas. Are you willing to forget what you have done for other people. And to remember what others have done for you. Are you willing to ignore what the world owes you. And think about what you owe the world. Are you willing to put your rights in the background. Your duties in in middle distance. And your chance to do a little more than your duty in the foreground. Are you willing to see that men and women are just as real as you are? And try to look behind their faces to their hearts that are hungry for joy. Are you willing to own up to the fact that probably the only good reason for your existence is not what you're going to get out of life, but what you're going to give to life? To close your book of complaints against the management of the universe... And look around you for a place where you can sow a few seeds of happiness. Are you willing to do these things even for a day? Then you can keep Christmas. Are you willing to stoop down and consider the needs and the desires of little children? To remember the weakness and loneliness of people growing old? To stop asking how much friends love you and ask yourself whether you love them enough? To bear in mind the things that other people have to bear in their hearts? Are you willing to try to understand what those who live in the same home with you really want without waiting for them to tell you? To trim your lamp so that it will give more light and less smoke and carry it in front of you so that your shadow will fall behind you? Are you willing to make a grave for your ugly thoughts and a garden for your kindly feelings with an open gate? Are you willing to do these things even for a day? Then you can keep Christmas. Are you willing to believe that love is the strongest thing in the world? Stronger than hate, stronger than evil, stronger than death. And that the blessed life which began in Bethlehem 1900 years ago is the image and brightness of eternal love. Then you can keep Christmas. And if you can keep it for a day, why not always? But you can never keep it alone. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant us the grace not simply to adore the Christ of Christmas, but actually to obey him, to follow him, and to serve him. Not merely to admire the Christ of Christmas, but to follow behind him into all of those places of human need and suffering and those arenas of humble service that surround us in your world day in and day out. Help us to exit Christmas by the right road this year. By choosing the path the Savior trod. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen.